0: When we talk about these different dynamics and these different definitions, at the end of the day, your dynamic is defined by the parties that are involved in that dynamic, right? So regardless of what the labels are, regardless of what you think this dynamic should look like, it should be a conversation between two people of what each of them want.
1: Hey, BDSM in the
2: morning, <laughs> ready to talk morning. about BDSM. <laughs> well, uh, welcome everybody to another episode of Girls Gone Deep. As you've heard it, we're getting naughty and kinky today and we have uh, a return guest with us. So um, our guest here today is going to be physics and I'm L, And I'm V. And V, why don't you introduce him? Yeah, so in case you
1: haven't listened to the previous episode, which was all about yoni massage, oh my God, it was so incredible, yeah. and sex magic, oh. uh, physics is a co-founder of The Temple, which is a femme-empowered kink and sex-positive group in Chicago that offers workshops and events for vetted members, and their mission is returning sacred sexuality to spirituality. So that was just such a juicy, fascinating conversation. Highly recommend going back and listening to episode 45 if you have not listened yet. Uh, And additionally, physics is an experienced and passionate kink educator, yoni massage practitioner, shibari artist, and photographer. So today we're going to dive into that latter part. So the shibari, and um, I know he has some BDSM kink dynamics with his partner. So we're going to pick your brain, baby. (laughs) I
0: am looking forward to picking away.
1: <laughs> well, so it, it, in the end of last episode, uh, we had started kind of talking about intentionality because uh, we were like, "Oh my god, do we keep talking for another hour about BDSM?" <laughs> we were like, "No, no, no let's let's save this for next week." Um, and you were kind of talking about it, all of it is intentional. So yoni massage versus I don't know DDLG, right, which is mm-hmm. Daddy Dom Little Girl Dynamic. It's all the same. Can you kind of um, touch on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, and I guess the the way that I like to explain it um, is just to have people kind of think of um, an experience that they might have in your normal everyday life, right? Like let's say that you're going out on a date and a date is with a new person, somebody that you really like, somebody that gives you those butterflies. You probably spend a little bit longer in the bathroom getting ready, right? Doing your hair or makeup or. You know, putting on a different cologne, or I always shave. If you've noticed, I'm, I'm a little bit less scruffy than I was last time. Uh, oh,
1: someone had a, a sexy day. <laughs> yes, 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 yes.
0: It's funny. My partner likes it. I I let my beard grow out for about a month, and then I'll shave it down to the skin. And she comes home, and it's like I'm a stranger. <laughs> and she gets, <laughs> she finds that which really
2: can hot. be hot. yeah, it's a whole, whole, yeah, whole it's new role hot. play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, you know, we, in that situation, we might spend more time picking out a nice restaurant and, you know, um, kind of pulling out all the stops, you clean up your car, you know, you take the, that time to really focus on the details. And then what happens when you do that, you know, you go to that experience and you go to the restaurant and it's like the food just tastes a little bit better right? The person's jokes are just a little bit funnier. It's like putting that intention and that planning uh, into that experience somehow makes the experience a little bit better, right? And you probably know that feeling that I'm that I'm talking about when you're, uh, you know, looking forward to an event, or, uh, you know, could be a new relationship, whatever the case may be. So, what we try to teach is no matter what experience you're having, put that same intention into Mm -hmm. it, right? Take the time to plan it out. Take the time to really understand what is it that you want to accomplish, you know, from that experience. Um, And for some reason, that's the part that we call the magic, right? It just seems to make everything just a little bit better um, as you go through that experience. So that's kind of a, an easy way to understand um, intention. And as you said, it's something that I do, you know, in yoni massage practice, like if I'm meeting with someone, um, that's all that I'm doing, right? I'm not doing that and baking a cake, right? It's, <laughs> I'm focusing on that and putting all
2: of my intention into that
0: experience uh, to try to help that person through it and
2: yeah it, it almost sounds like dating again like you are bringing this excitement and trying to bring out the best version of yourself and then also wow. wanting to bring out the best version of that other person in this created environmental experience together
0: exactly exactly and yeah we all know that feeling when we go out on that new date right or, or that first date of how exciting it is um But if we're with somebody for four or five or six or 10 years, it's sometimes it's hard to find that excitement again. Um, you know, we get into this routine and this rut and where it's, uh, you know, we don't put that same energy and an intention in. And by being conscious of it and practicing it, um, like I say, you can, you can have those experiences of that new, you know, new date, just like when I come home with a shaven face and I'm a, I'm a whole new daddy and Like this spark and this excitement um, of the experience.
1: That is so interesting because I think this can also be achieved through kink and PD- BDSM where you are, you know, creating a scene and really planning it out. But if you're a couple that's not that interested in BDSM, then it can also be achieved by, you know, I'm going to massage them and, you know, just thinking about what is my intention for this hour that we have together after we put the kids to bed and then we need to go the fuck to sleep. You know, what, yeah. what are we doing for that hour and kind of like planning it out and mapping it out in your head and what you want to do to your partner. And that's really, really cool. I love that.
2: Yeah. So can you go into physics, how um, you use this intentionality in your daddy dom little girl relationship that you have with your partner? And is that like a 24 hour relationship or is that just in set scenes and date nights that you guys schedule? How does that, how does that show up in your life and your relationship?
1: And before we dive in, what is daddy dom little
2: girl? Oh, good call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so DDLG is uh, you know what you just said. Um, it's a dynamic in which there's one partner who acts as uh, sort of a caregiver and then there's one partner who uh is allowed to uh have space to be what we call little. Um, and that can manifest itself in a number of ways, but uh, I'm not a little, so it's hard for me to like really put myself in their shoes. But uh, from my experience, the appeal of it um, is that it gives you an opportunity to let go of the day to day, right? When you're a little, you don't have to pay any bills. There's no dishes to wash, right?
2: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I feel like everything is uh, done. Yeah. It's
0: it's an opportunity to just kind of let the Uh, let the world around you sort of melt away into that experience. And it's a really great way to, you know, kind of highlight what we were talking about because, um, you know, in, in a lot of my relationships, it's, it's 24 seven, right? It's, it's, we're, they're trying to spend as much time in little space as possible. Um, and, but when we're having a scene, or we're trying to create something that's a little bit different or a little bit special, um, there's that same intentionality behind it, right? You, we might have um, a space with, you know, a big white or pink blanket laid out on the floor, and a bunch of stuffed animals around, and uh, you know, bedtime stories or uh, coloring books or whatever the activity might be, to create a space where that person can let their brain say, okay, it's okay for me to be little now, and I can just kind of let everything else melt away. Mm. And so creating that space where they can feel safe to do that um, is one of the, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest parts of that dynamic, especially as as a big, it's my job to provide that space.
1: So interestingly, when I first discovered this world of BDSM and was like doing a lot of research and stuff, I was dating a guy who was about 20 years older than me. And he was trying to explain to me this dynamic as well. And I was a little bit judgmental of it. And so I can imagine a lot of our listeners who have not encountered this before might feel the same way it's like ooh, that's that can be creepy it's like you're trying to fuck a child right so in my understanding it is it is different so when you're (laughs) having sex it's not like you're fucking a child you're not a pedophile (laughs) um it is if from my understanding of it and my basic exploration of this like jay and i have a, a a touch of that dynamic as well where he really assumes the more kind of fatherly role in in our relationship and um i'll kind of lean into like yes daddy like if i haven't cleaned up around the house or something and he'll be like well uh, V you're not going to get love in tonight or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, Oh no, daddy. Okay. I'll do it. You know, just like little things like that. And it puts a little bit of fun into the day to day. I haven't gone as far as actually, you know, having stuffed animals and, um, coloring books and stuff like that. But we just color it with, you know, like It's just a a, a color that we add to our dynamic.
2: Yeah, it just sounds like a playful way to play with power dynamics where one's the nurturer and one just completely lets go and, you know, is the submissive.
1: Which, you know, we've also talked about with impact play where you have, you know, the person giving the impact and then the submissive and yeah, this is just a different way to do it. So do you know what the difference is between, um, DDLG and age play? Cause I know there's also like Di- yeah, diapers where like, babies people, yeah, cribs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in my experience and, and again, this is just anecdotal, but, um, To me, DDLG is more about the dynamic and the lifestyle, and age play is more about uh, just kind of like play in a scene. Um, And so during age play, people may uh, regress uh, to a specific age or to an age that they're feeling, and then they act that out and they behave um, Mm -hmm. as though they're, they're that age. Um, to me, DDLG is more about the encompassing dynamic. So you can kind of think about it as, you know, like DS is the dynamic. Dom submissive is the dynamic. Spanking is one of the things that you do in a DS dynamic. That's kind of how I think about it. Um, you know, so age play is a bit more about, all right, we're going to structure this scene and it's going to, you know, last this amount of time. Uh, whereas DDLG is sort of part of the dynamic right it, it's not all the time right you have to be you have to be outside of scene outside of dynamic just to be able to live life um but it's more about how the relationship goes overall
2: yeah if that and makes you sense. still
1: think of your partners <clears throat> as grown women
0: yes it's just
1: the the, I, the dynamic that it takes the power dynamic that you guys have
0: yeah, exactly. And it's it's ironic because uh in my I don't want to say primary relationship, my nesting partner, um we met when she was 19. So we have a 20-year age gap. And uh we started off as roommates, right? We weren't even weren't even dating. We just both needed a place to live at the same time. And uh found that we had enough things in common where her lifestyle wouldn't bother me, my lifestyle wouldn't bother her. Um, And then we fell in love, and then COVID came. And so we spent every single day together for a year. And uh, it's just been that way um, ever since. But she is a really smart, powerful goddess. I mean, she is a boss-ass bitch when it comes down to it. But when that time is over, right when she's done all of her appointments she's done all of her work for the day she just wants to be little she just mm. wants to be held she just wants to be you know wrapped up in a blanket and watch cartoons
2: mm. and she
0: wants to let all of that other stuff go and what she does during that period of time is she's resetting for the next time that she needs to be this strong, intelligent, passionate, powerful woman. Mm -hmm. And for me, both of those things are sexy, right? It's not that I seek out DDLG relationships. I I do enjoy that dynamic a lot, Um, but it's like – It's, it's kind of like, I always think of this story of when I was in Florida and there was someone, uh, on the beach selling hermit crabs and I started talking to her and I was like, how do you, how do you get all these hermit crabs? Well, I guess what they do is they go out into the sand and they just build a ring where, uh, the hermit crabs can get in it, but they can't get out. And they put one shell, they put one shell in the center and all the hermit crabs come to trade out their shell. And then they You're can't get the
2: shout. Right. It's like
0: it's like if you take a daddy who knows what he's doing and is safe and is not ashamed to show like their relationship. It's like the littles come out of the woods. It's like they just sort of like swarm. Um, <laughs> I love that <laughs> analogy. That is amazing. <laughs> And it's uh, it, it's actually kind of tragic when you think about it because the reason that that is is because there's so many people out there that try to go into this dynamic and they're not doing it the right way. They're they're doing it to take advantage of someone. They're doing it to you know uh, uh, get power over someone in an unhealthy way. Um, mm. So it's really important for me to make sure that. You know, we're representing this as an example of the right way to do it. Um, and it does attract a lot of people that have this interest because as you said, there's a lot of shame around it. There's a lot of uh you know, it's like one of the last areas where it's still okay to be um prejudiced against someone because of their kinks. Mm. And uh, you know, we're I think it's important that we try to change that. that's so why I appreciate the opportunity to talk about these.
2: Yes, things. It yeah. So it. as a as a daddy dom, something you just touched on was that people do it for the the wrong reasons, and it's a power dynamic. And uh, what what would you say would be some good traits or characteristics that make a good daddy dom, or even a mm-hmm. good little? Like, what are what makes that relationship successful, and what should it look like and appear like, and how should it feel? You know, what should people look for if they're trying to mm-hmm. explore this?
0: Well, I mean, first off, there you, you should have a really in-depth conversation about what each of you want, right? Because when we talk about these different dynamics and these different definitions, at the end of the day, your dynamic is defined by the parties that are involved in that dynamic, right? So regardless of what the labels are, regardless of what you think this dynamic should look like, it should be a conversation between two people of what each of them want. Um, I think probably the most important characteristic for a good big or top uh, in this dynamic is just patience, Mm. the ability to just kind of let things slide off and not really get too worked up about anything in particular. Um, And you have to have a bit of confidence in yourself. Um, I think in my experience, it's one of those times where you can see people's insecurities come out when they're put into a position of power, how do they handle that power? And if you don't have, you know, kind of a good handle on your own emotions, um, if you don't have, uh, you know, at least have started to deal with some of the insecurities that you have, it can manifest itself in some really toxic ways. Um, so I think at the core of it, that's what it is, right? If you have somebody who's good at communication Um, And is able to express what they want and then able to exhibit some patience when things don't go their way. I think those are – they're probably the most important characteristics of anybody who's uh, going to be in power over someone else, whether that's DS, Master Slave, DDLG. Uh, I think to me that's the most important important thing to look for. Mm
1: -hmm. And what – Where do you find that outlet? Because I'm thinking about when I'm in this dynamic, I'm the one who wants to let the fuck go and let Mm -hmm. you know bills go by the wayside, (laughs) thinking go by the wayside. What about you? When do you get that outlet and that reprieve from daily life?
0: So you want to know my biggest kink? Yes. Do you want to know why I do everything? Everything that I do (laughs) for me, it's all about the reactions. Right. I'm not partic- like you pick any one kink, like rope or spanking or whatever it is. I don't particularly care about that thing. What I care about. Is using that thing as a tool to give you the best experience you've ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. I want that look when we're done that says, How the fuck did he just do that? Yeah. That's my opinion. I'm after the yeah. I'm after the Yelp
2: review. Yeah. Right?
0: That's <laughs> oh. And so it's it's not that, you know, I don't get me wrong, I love DDLG. I love that dynamic. It's it's great. But to answer your question, what I get out of it is the ability to create that space. Mm -hmm. When I have a partner who comes in and they're stressed out and they're scared and they're sad and they're everything that is normal life. And then you can literally watch all of that shit melt away in front of your eyes and they blossom into this playful, fun, energetic character who just Mm -hmm. gets this couple of hours to just experience being a human instead of having to do all of these things mm. that's what I get out of it that's my kink that's what I want.
1: Doms are therapists. Doms <laughs> <Dumbs Yeah>. are <laughs> givers who just want to hold space and provide for people that's so beautiful yeah thank you for that Absolutely my dom. I just
2: got a little (laughs) bit of clarity myself in this, in you explaining all of that, because I think one of the things that I've been doing is trying to step into my dom. And I have had a couple dom sub connections. And one of the things that I used to struggle with, well, I guess I would say I still do, but have more clarity now is that in the experience, am I doing what I want to do as the dom or am I doing what the sub wants me to do because that's what the sub wants? And hearing you just talk about all of that, I used to have the struggle of I'm not sure how to approach a situation, but now it's about, like you said, that communication. What do they want and mm-hmm. what do I want? And hearing you describe what you want out of the experience really put you in that giver state where you're focused on the subs desires and goals and wishes because that's what you want to you want to satisfy and, and get that oh my God result out of them and that's what makes you happy. So I mean, is there any other advice that you have around that kind of struggle that I kind of go through with that scenario? Uh
0: you mean specifically and in- Becoming a dom or yeah, like, trying to trying to determine between your own needs versus your submissive needs? Yeah, that- yeah,
2: my needs and the submissive needs, because a lot of my experiences are not regular and frequent with the same partners. So I always have different mm-hmm. partners. So to try and um, un, 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 like co- uncover what my sub wants in that moment, what would be some good questions that each of us could ask each other in that scene or scenario that could help us both achieve what we're looking for?
0: Yeah. So I recommend like having that conversation up front if you have the ability to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times at a party or something if it's just, you know, pick up play with someone else. Um I find that just talking to a person uh for a few minutes will uncover kind of where they're going and what they want. Um the uh, fetlife is huge in that. Like I always say I can look at your fetish list on FetLife and create a scene based off of that that would be you know amazing as long as you're being honest with with your your list of kinks um but yeah so you know have the uh the consent uh talk and make sure that uh everybody is uh you know willing uh to participate in what it is that you're trying to do um but just ask them you know new partners they're probably not going to open up to you about their deepest darkest kink but they'll give you an indication of what direction that they want to go and they should be able to clearly communicate like when to stop like i love impact play but i don't want to cry or i don't want bruises or you know things like that so a lot of it is um is mechanical uh but a lot of times i will ask about experience so what are the things that you've done What are the things that you really liked? Was there anything in there that you didn't really like? Um, And then start to uncover what is the reasoning behind it, right? Do they want to do rope because they want pretty Instagram pictures? Mm -hmm. Or do they want to do rope because they've never really felt completely constricted before and that Mm -hmm. idea to them is hot, Mm -hmm. right? Understanding their intention and understanding where they're coming from and what they want um, will help shape a lot of of that scene. Um, having said that, many of the submissives I talk to have no idea what they want. They they're yeah. so new to uh-huh. it that they just they they don't know what they want, um, and so that's. You know, uh, that's an okay situation, too. I mean, you just start trying things. You say, you know, explain it first. We're going to try this, this, and this. And then after that, you can have that same conversation. What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, Is there anything you wanted more of? Um, And then you kind of use those as your mental notes for the next time you get to play with them.
1: And there are checklists that you can find online that you can kind of, there are exhaustive checklists that you can go through with your dom. And I mean, when I had a dom, he had me fill out a checklist of, you know, what I would be interested in. And some of it I had to look up. I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And I had never even thought of it before. And so, yeah, I think... If you are new to it, just just playing with someone that you trust, and this communication aspect is—I I didn't expect coming into this conversation that we would be talking so much about communication. Now it's like, <laughs> we're talking about communication. But I think that's like such a good takeaway from this conversation is that it is all talking, talking, talking. Yeah, which is—I I think it's so funny and in line with. L why we started this podcast. It's like people think like, oh, you're open. Oh, you just fuck a lot. You're sluts. It's like, no, there's so much shit that goes on behind the scenes around the fucking, mm-hmm. like that's 90% of it. And 10% is the actual fucking and the actual scene in BDSM. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, so physics on the topic of the BDSM test, which is a great tool to facilitate that communication. Do you use them? Do you have a recommendation for one that you like? What are, what are your thoughts on that?
0: So I'm going to admit that I have in all these years have never taken the BDSM <sighs> test. Oh my god,
2: that's funny.
0: <laughs> uh, and I think it's uh, because like I said what I'm after is that experience and that that reaction. So um I'm very fluid in what I I like and there's a few things that I know that I don't like. Um but other than that I'm I'm pretty open and uh find that um different partners allow me to explore different things. Some are much more into more pain, some are much more into more sensuality, and I really enjoy that of being able to kind of flow between those dynamics. Explore um,
1: different sides of yourself and giving right. pleasure. Yeah.
0: And and I mean just to kind of preface why that is like I knew I was kinky 7 years before I got the internet. So there was no BDSM test. There was no Tumblr to check out. There was no blog that I could go, like, look at and figure out what was going on. Um, But if you're new to it, or even if you're kind of deepening your experience in it, it is a great way to just, even if it's just for education, like you said, you had to look up a bunch of those things. How much did you learn by filling out that checklist?
1: So much. So much. Thank God bit. I have the interview. Or the interview. Thank God I have the yeah. gym. <laughs> to look these things up yeah. because I, I'm I'm just thinking about that and like doing what I'm doing now and like exploring without the internet. That is so crazy. How did people do it? Yeah. <laughs> you must have felt so alone.
0: I did. <laughs> high school was very very awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. I got through it. It was okay.
1: Well, so you mentioned a couple of times in this conversation tying up and shibari. So I'd love to change tack and really focus on that. So first of all, for people who don't know, what is shibari?
0: Uh, So shibari is a is sort of an umbrella term for um, Japanese rope bondage. Uh, Some people take a very defined, a a very definitive. approach to it where it has to be this and it can't be that um we in the west i know a lot of people that just say i do rope because i don't want to wade into the debate of what's what is shibari and what's not Mm. um i've heard a few different origin stories the the one that makes the most sense is that um japan was uh, uh they don't have a lot of iron uh, in japan so the way that they would capture soldiers after a battle was by tying them up and they began to use different patterns to signify what your rank was so they would tie an officer different than just a soldier and if you're a captain or a colonel or whatever then you would get maybe a more intricate pattern oh, wow. or maybe a more painful pattern oh, wow. um <laughs> So I've heard that that's where it came from. Whether or not that's entirely true, it's it's hard to hard to fact check. But um, so the approach that I take is uh, I, I say I, I, I do rope more than you know the strict adherence to shavari as a practice. Um, but I do it for fun and for play. We perform. Uh, we'll do it at nightclubs and festivals. Um, and so it gives me an opportunity to be in a variety of settings with it, which I really enjoy.
1: And so it's this very intentional, (laughs) that's the word of the episode, intentional, (laughs) uh, um, practice of, you know, tying these beautiful, intricate knots. And I've had it done very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I've had it done to me, but like not very intricately. It's mm-hmm. like maybe ten minutes of tying, and even that, it's like you're just sitting there as the the rope bunny, the person who's receiving the tying. Um, you know, it takes time and patience and effort on the tire or riggers' part, and you know, how long can you be in these situations tying up? Do you do suspensions, which means people are suspended from the ground? Um, and what does it take to do something like that?
0: Uh, so as far as time, there's a general rule of thumb that we try to say 20 minutes of you don't want to be – very tightly constricted for more than that. Um, and whether that's the body in a certain position or just the, of having rope on you, um, because what happens when you put rope on, especially very tightly, um, it cuts off blood circulation. So you end up with these areas, uh, where you have blood that's unoxygenated. And it, if it sits there for too long, it can cause some serious damage. So, um, we try to use the 20 minutes in rope as a, as a, a guideline. Um, at least I do. I know some people that go a lot longer than that, but I, I try to, try to stick to that. Um, and then there's some things that you can do to kind of make sure that circulation is still, is still happening while you're, uh, tying. Can um, you
1: say what that is?
0: Yeah. You just, you reset the ropes. So if you have one that's like really tight around your thigh, um, just stick a finger in there and you can run all the way around it and pull it up and it pulls it away from the skin long enough to get that blood a chance to just kind of flow again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can put the rope back down. So, um, you can also massage body parts or just kind of push on things and, and, uh, and make sure that things are moving. So, um, I try to use 20 minutes as as my guideline. I do do suspensions. Um, it's usually what we do for performances. Um, but you said like intricate knots. Uh, it's funny. <clears throat> There's really no intricate knots. Um, to do an entire suspension, you need to learn two knots um, and then two frictions. And if you learn two knots and two frictions, you can do an entire suspension.
1: What is no- friction?
0: uh friction is like a knot but it's not something that's tied off it's just using the rope um against itself to hold it in place mm-hmm. so you're not actually closing anything that you would later have to undo it's just a it's basically a wrap
2: yeah I'm Got familiar it. with that yeah now that you're mentioning
0: it and so that's what a lot of shibari is and i mean the supplies are pretty basic you know carabiners a ring a spinner if you want Um, And then a hard point. That's always the hardest part is to find a point that you can hang a body from that's not going to like pull out of the ceiling or Uh, break a beam or a joist or something.
2: Oh, my God. Well, speaking of supplies, I know that there are several different types of rope. Are you familiar with all the different styles out there? And do you have a personal preference that you like?
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, So I'm not familiar with all of the different things that are going on. There's always new stuff happening, but uh, I – 95% 95% um, use jute. Uh, jute is a natural material. Um, it has, uh, it's, it's strong, it's flexible. Um, it has a distinctive smell. So uh, usually for rope bottoms that have been rope bottoms for a while, the smell of jute well, actually, it's like one of the most erotic things for them because mm. they know they're about to get tied up. I love
1: uh, that. The, the connection of smell with memory and association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so jute.
0: Jute is, like I say, that's pretty much all I keep in my bag. Um, there are some uh, – there's a, a product called X, which is uh, – it's like a synthetic hemp. Um the nice thing about that is that it's weight rated. Um so natural fibers they won't uh give you a weight rating because it's a natural fiber. This rope might be different from that one, different from that one, different from that one. Hempex will give you a weight rating on what you can actually load with it. So I know a lot of riggers are switching over to it for safety. Um I I may get there at some point, but I'm pretty confident in being able to understand weight loading and and making sure that I don't have a rope uh, a rope break uh in 15 years I've had a rope break twice during a suspension mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and in both times it was during a performance and I was doing something that is definitely pushing the bounds of safety for the performance right mm-hmm. so I was dr- drop loading um, you know, where I've got it through the rig and she's standing on the ground and I'm going to basically fall to the ground and yank her up in the air all at once. Uh, Really quickly. Um, Really quickly. So, and, and those are the times that, that I've had a rope break. Um, so yeah, those are, that's primarily what I use. Mm -hmm.
1: So the rope bottom is putting a lot of trust in you and, uh, kind of I mean, th- th- there's real like safety
2: concerns
0: with absolutely rope. They're, yeah, it is definitely the most dangerous thing I do. Y- in yeah. Drink. And yeah. so you
2: keep a pair of shears and like scissors nearby.
0: Yep. Yep. Always have shears in the pocket. Um, I've never had to cut rope. Um, actually, no, I take that back. There was one time it rained, uh, and everything got wet. You cannot get knots undone when the rope is wet Um, so I did have to do that uh, once when we were tying in the rain Um, but other than that I've never had to cut rope not that I'm opposed to it but I just have never had to
1: so, what do you and your partners get out of it? I'm sure you guys have had that conversation. Um, because I have always found what little I've done with this to be very meditative because it does take time to do.
2: Yes. And like, is there a sexual component to this? Are you are you are you having sex at some point while she's tied or your, your partners are oh, tied? That kind of a situation. I didn't
1: even think <laughs> about that. Great question. So, um, that. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I've always said that I <clears throat> I I sometimes I'll tie for pretty and then the other reason is a handle for fucking. Yeah. Right? So yes, there is definitely a component of that uh to it. Um it's it's the meditative, it's the flow state, right, that we're looking for where you know it starts off and you're thinking about everything that you're doing, and then the switch happens at some point during it where the fingers and the hands just take over and you're just flowing and you're just going through it and you're not thinking about what you're doing and you get into like this, like really deep meditative state and every movement you're getting closer with your partner, right? When you're reaching around to grab the rope and you pull it across their chest and you get right up into their ear and they can Mm. smell you and they can feel you and they can hear you and they know you know, they got their arms tied behind their back, ropes across their chest. They ain't going anywhere. Yeah. It's deeply erotic, and being in that flow state of doing this really intricate thing without having to think about it, of just relying on muscle memory to get you through it, is it's incredible.
2: Yeah, I, I would say like one of uh, you know, my little experience with being tied up is exactly what you just described as being in that submissive position, being. Focused on by your partner is extremely erotic. And just like you said, like getting close and you make your eye contact and there's little smiles because you're not really talking, but you're just feeling each other's energy and presence and connection mm. and focus. And that is what I particularly enjoy about it. So, mm. yeah. Yep.
1: And then to your point, it does look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So- it is. So you um, are a photographer as Mm -hmm. well, and you'll photograph this stuff. But then, sorry, we skipped over the sex part. So (laughs) we fuck people (laughs) in ropes. (laughs) Why do we always skip over the sex part?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it is definitely uh, involved in sex. Um, I mean, if I'm just like tying somebody to the bed, I'm using the same – structure that I would be using for um you know if I were doing a, a Shibari tie right so it informs all of that um and I love using rope more than like cuffs or chains or anything like that for just regular bondage um so I use rope quite a bit in the bedroom uh one of my favorites though is to build a simple hip harness and like I say, it's a handle. You can pick them up. You can, mm. you know, doggy style. It's just it gives you something to like hang on to that you can really get in there. And oh. so that's one of, one of the favorites that I that I do. The problem with it is the 20 minutes thing, right? Like so you've got to tie them up, right? And then you have to have your scene and then you have to get them out of rope within that time frame or close to it. Um, and that's that's sometimes a challenge. And it's also a challenge for rope bottoms to communicate like when something's wrong because they're, they're really heightened, right? They've, they've got all the endorphins pumping. They're like in this state of ecstasy and bliss. They might not notice that their wrist has gone numb or is tingling or something like that. So, um, in fact, I, I, teach a class, uh, called demystifying rope, which, uh, within an hour of a class, um, you can be. Fully suspended, um, and I teach people how to do it to one another now, just to caveat i always recommend do not, after one hour of teaching, go home and suspend your
2: <laughs>
0: but the the concept is that people think that it 's this really mystical, intense, hard, complicated thing. And I think a lot of riggers do that intentionally so that they can be the cool person at the party. Mm -hmm. I like to demystify it. Like I said, it's two knots, two frictions. If you learn those, you can do so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have a class that is specifically around just taking the mystery out of it. And one of the things that I, the biggest mistake I see people making when they're starting to tie up at home is that they're using slip knots, that the more you pull on them, the tighter they get. Especially like on wrists and feet if they're tying someone to the bed. Well, mm-hmm. what happens when you're in a state of ecstasy is you're pulling, 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 right? And that thing's getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and it can cause some really serious damage. Yeah. Oh so my wow. god.
1: Yeah. That, I, I'm like cringing listening to this. This is so. Oh, scary to well, me. <laughs>
2: with with proper you know education, definitely it can be fun.
1: Totally. Like, just don't do not do it if you don't know what you're doing.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that- Definitely take some yeah. classes. We, we took a class at Hedonism uh, during um, Hedonism Swing Breakers this year. And by the end of the class, it was an hour. And you're right. Like, once you learn those basic knots, and they taught us the ones that did not slip, um, we were, by the end, able to be more playful with what we were doing. We were tr- even though we were going outside of the technique and the per- the design that they were teaching us. By the end, we were doing our own. Like, oh, let's wrap this around here, and then you start to really develop that creative side of it too, which is so fun. Right. Mm. As long as you have those safety fundamentals
1: in place. Yeah.
2: So yeah. physics, like you know, all these kink dynamics. It's like they're all a little mystical. Like how do we do this? What does it look like? How do we learn it? How do we practice it? What are your thoughts on BDSM type? Like kink.com is a website that obviously displays a lot of BDSM relationship Mm -hmm. and porn is porn. Take it with a grain of salt. Some of it's acted. Some of it is authentic. What are your thoughts on, on that BDSM type porn? Do you have any recommendations or resources that people can go like learn more about this stuff?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just have to say, I not to shamelessly plug, I love King Tech. Okay, I, cool. I, I they create some of the greatest content, and they are actually willing to get into not just the the sex and the the impact, and everything. they like get into the dynamics of. Uh, these different kinks. And I think they do a really good job of it. And I've even noticed that they've started putting at the beginning of their videos about consent, about how this is a consensual thing that's happening. Mm. Um, and there's even been, uh, sometimes they put interviews at the beginning or the end with the people that are participating, um, just so that they can talk about like kind of what just happened and what their feelings were about it. Uh, so I think they do a really good job of it. Um, so I would say, how do I give this advice in a safe way? Um, Feel free to look at porn. And, you know, I just said, feel free to look at porn. Of course you're, of course you're free to look at porn. Um, But to get ideas, like if there's something that really resonates with you, like my first kink was spanking. Like I saw a spanking scene in a movie when I was really young and I was just like, I want that to be part of my life forever. And I don't know why that was, but it it just was. So uh, a lot of times people will take inspiration or find out more about themselves through uh, pornography. Um, But it's really good to have a mix of everything. So, you know, take inspiration from porn, but then go read about what it is that they're actually doing. What does that dynamic look like? How do I execute it? What are the different types of floggers? What's the difference between stinging and thuddy when it comes to impact? And then read about those things. But then you also have to explore with other people, right? Some of the best resources that I've had were other people that have been doing it for years, because they're able to just kind of cut through all of the bullshit and the garbage that you might find out there, um, and at least point you in the right direction. So. what we were afraid of after COVID was that we would have all of these riggers that have spent the last year on YouTube and then they show up to an event and they're like, Oh yeah, I'll suspend you. And they've actually never done it before, Mm -hmm. but they've watched hundreds of hours of YouTube videos. Like it takes more than that. Right. It's, it's good to watch the YouTube videos to get your technique down to find out what you like, but you have to do it and you have to do it with people that are consenting and want to do it with you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Practice makes perfect here. And the more experience you have, like you talk about how you just have all these partners and it's just the dynamic of exploring each other that you have such a good, it sounds like you have such a good way to just read people in the moment and understand because you've had so much interaction and practice and experience with all these dynamics. So that's a beautiful thing.
0: Do you want to know how I find rope bottoms when we, like we get we go to festivals and we'll set up a rig and do suspensions. Do you know how I find
2: rope bottoms in that situation? You walk around with the with a fragrance that smells like jute rope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I put the I put the shell out. Right. Um, you put the- <laughs> <laughs> No, what I'll do is I'll start with whoever I came with and I'll get them suspended and they'll be swinging back and forth and laughing and giggling. And then I'll look out in the crowd face by face by face until I come to that one that is just that kid in a candy store look that <gasps> <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go up to them and like, do you want to be next? And they're always like, can I really? <laughs> and then we bring them up and do the same thing. And while they're swinging back and forth and getting their Instagram pictures, I look out in the crowd and I find that one person that's. Mm. And it's we do that for ten hours. <laughs> so it never that stops. must be a
1: tiring day for you. Jeez. <laughs> it's
0: it, 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 You calluses on the calluses and blisters on the fingers and yeah, uh, it's a it's a time, but it, it's it's fun. I love it. So I love sharing that with people. I love like I say, demystifying it. People think that it's this big, scary thing that, you know, makes you like this horrible person if you like that stuff. And to see it at a music festival and to be able to experience it in a safe way is incredible.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you so much for sharing sharing, period, Um, (laughs) all of these things. Um, Yeah, we're going to definitely dive into more BDSM um, kink dynamics in future episodes. So I'm really glad that we started with Rope and DDLG with you. Uh, We cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking about this stuff. So once again, anyone who has not listened to episode 45, where can we find you?
0: Uh, you can find me on FetLife at Physics or on Instagram at Physics underscore Shabari are two good places to reach out.
1: Awesome. We I, I actually have a couple of friends who have reached out to me and they're like, "Does Physics ever come to New York? <laughs> this is a session?" Uh, so and I was like, "I don't know how much he co- costs, but you can reach out to him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: You'll have to let us Absolutely. know if you ever come in town because we'll let our listeners know for sure. Um, and yes. maybe host an event here somewhere, and connect you with our sex club in the area, or something that we could do. Because yeah. oh, that
0: would be yeah, that'd be wonderful. Um, yeah, and we do travel all over the place, so uh, I haven't been in New York in a little while.
2: So all right, well, this is it's time. This is a good reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, so with that in mind also, just a note to our listeners, little um, housekeeping here. We are going to be taking a hiatus for the month of December. So we do have a couple more episodes coming up for you guys, new ones. Um, and we will still be releasing episodes in December. So you'll still have us weekly. However, it's going to be uh, stuff that has previously been recorded and released. So uh, just a little heads up there. And then in the new year, we'll be bringing new content to you again.
2: Uh, and then Al take us through the regular yeah. housekeeping
1: stuff. Well, and on the topic
2: of kink and BDSM, if there are any specific topics that you want to hear about, please email us at girlsgonedeep at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram at girlsgonedeeppod because then we will go ahead and find people who are specialists in this area and experts and bring them on the show. We would love to give you what you guys want to hear. So, please message us. And thank you to our sponsors, Horrible Life. It's a card game of Have You Ever All, All Things Sex and Kink. So, get your hands on your first sec with 10% off with code GONE DEEP. And thank you, Physics.
0: Thank you for having me. Appreciate thank it. Thank you,
1: Physics. I'm Elle. Mm. And I'm V. Stay sexy, beautiful <laughs> people. Bye. <laughs>